Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now. To the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rippin' Read. I have one thing to say. You better work. The battle between the drag queens continues, ladies and gentlemen. Three snaps up. George Santos is engaged in a war. Against RuPaul, I don't know if it's Rand Paul, their daddy Ron Paul, all the Pauls, and the drag race crew. Because he's going back and forth with what seems to be every drag queen in America, from California to New York, from North Dakota to Texas, claiming he was never, ever, ever a drag queen, even though these drag queens have collectively produced now 100 and 22 videos would seem to show George Santos in a sachet composé actual performance up on the stages of towns around Rio de Janeiro when for three years he was competing to become this drag queen Rio de Janeiro for the annual carnival. So they're going back and forth. It's a real cat fight. This consumes most of his day. It's the only thing that George Santos wants to tweet about, insisting that he was never a drag queen. He just loved the feel of the sultry dresses, the nylon stockings, wearing those six-inch stack heels, putting on that uh, red lipstick with a little rouge, and naturally the wigs. And man, that Playtex padded bra, as he would sachet compose three snaps up, but he said, oh, it was just for fun. It was just for sport. I never wanted to be a drag queen, and I'm opposed to drag queens being brought into nearby libraries to read to the little children bedtime stories for Bonzo. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're having a field day with this. Get rid of George Santos. Excommunicate him now. It's time to kick him to the curb. But it's not happening. He's not being expelled. Let me take you back to the one-on-one interview that was done with our own Sid Rosenberg with uh, George Santos. At the time, the thought was that they were both graduates of Baruch College, having graduated with their sharpened number two pencils, hell-bent on becoming uh, accountants and cooking the books, along with, remember, the other infamous or famous graduate of Baruch J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez, that's right, from Castle Hill, the Bronx, legitimately from the block in the Bronx, not like AOC, went to uh, Preston High School, and you know the rest of that story. Here was the interview in which George Santos indicated that he was an NCAA All-Star for the Baruch (laughs) volleyball team. It says, in his spare time, George Anthony enjoys volleyball and tennis let me tell you why that's funny. You're on this show. Bernie's daughter, Melanie, was a star volleyball player in college. And my daughter, Ava, as we speak, is working on a tennis scholarship when she goes to college. So the two sports that you seem to enjoy on the weekends are the same two sports our two daughters excel in. You know, it's funny. I actually went to school on a, on a volleyball scholarship. I, you did? I, I knew what, I did, yeah. Um, when I was in Baruch, 
We were the number one volleyball team. Did you graduate team, from Baruch? Uh, did you graduate from there? Yeah. So did I. I did. I did. So did I. Oh, very cool. So, great school. Great institution. Very yes. liberal, but very good. Very good professors who don't show their bias, which is which is very uh, interesting. But that's a whole other conversation. Is this sort of like being a pitcher or a catcher, Lou? I know pitchers and catchers expected to show up at spring training in February. That's not what I'm talking about. Pitchers and catchers means who's on top, who's on bottom. Uh, did that mean that Sid was the setter and that George uh, Santos was the spiker? I don't know, sort of psychosexual there. Well, it turned out, obviously, like everything else in George Santos's uh, life, it was a lie. He never went to Baruch. He never played for the volleyball team. Although there is a huge article in the old gray lady, the New York Times today, above the fold. So obviously it means it's important. As the New York Times visited Baruch, which does have a volleyball team, and did at one time beat uh, Harvard. But not Yale, because guess what? Yale doesn't have a volleyball team. And they were looking on the wall to see if there were any pictures of George Santos. And yes, our own Sid Rosenberg playing on the volleyball team. There were none. But plenty of pictures of J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, she got back. She's from the block. So I bet you I bet you Sid didn't even talk about that article this morning. Right, Macedonia, Phil, Justin Ellick, and Lou about top, top of the fold, New York Times, George Santos not having ever played uh, uh, volleyball at Baruch and there being no record of him. I don't know uh, if Sid Rosenberg was a volleyball player. I just want to know who is the pitcher, who is the catcher, who is on top, who is on bottom, who is the setter, and who is the spiker. In addition to that, remember the lingering question, the very first post to George Santos in his very first interview, which was right here on WABC exclusively with John Katsimatidis and the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion of all of his guests and the hosts and hostesses here. And it was a very simple, clear, concise question that John asked him that will haunt George Santos until the day that McCarthy finally decides, hopefully sooner rather than later, to kick him out of the house. Last question. Um, the $700,000 you put into the election, was that your money? That is the money of that I paid myself through my company, the Boulder Organization. Uh, can I have a little music here? we got to get back into the step mode of uh, George Santos. Uh, the uh, <laughs> Oh, my God, drag queen. That question that he answered to John Katsimatidis on the 5 o'clock uh, roundtable discussion continues to haunt him like all of the questions because he can't give a straight answer. And even Noam Layden came to the forefront uh, in the top of his newscast and said that the fundraising committee associated with George Santos listed a new treasurer on Wednesday, just yesterday. But the man listed says he doesn't work for Santos. And his name was signed without his consent. Who is this man? Thomas Datweiler says he doesn't work for Santos. Informed the campaign that he didn't want to work for them and was listed as serving in the position as treasurer without his consent. On Monday, his attorney informed the Santos campaign that Mr. Datweiler would not be serving as treasurer and yet they put his name on the official papers that they served yesterday. Hey, McCarthy, isn't it time to expel, to kick George Santos out of the house? No, no. And in fact, yesterday he went on a rant about the three House members that he said would not be serving on committees any longer. 
You've heard the names before, right? You have uh, Swalwell, you have Schiff, and Ihan Omar. And the question was simply, well, if they're not going to serve on committees any longer, why don't you kick George Santos out of the two committees that you assigned him to? McCarthy. He got elected by his district. So, Okay, let, let me be very clear and respectful to you. You ask me a question. When I answer it, it's the answer to your question. You don't get to determine whether I answer your question or not, okay? In all respect. Thank you. No, no, let's answer her question. You just raised a question. I'm going to be very clear with you. The Intel Committee is different. You know why? Because what happens in the Intel Committee, you don't know. What happens in the Intel Committee, although the secrets are going on in the world, other members of Congress don't know. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. Huh. <laughs> Look, the question was simply, if you kick those three guys, excuse me, two guys, one gal, off their committees, and I'm in agreement with that, because Ilhan Omar, she is the enemy. She is not just looking to support the enemy. She is the enemy. Adam Schiff, well, he knew he was going to get kicked off because uh, earlier today he announced he's running for Dianne Feinstein's U.S. Senate seat because, as you know, she's Meshug, and everyone in California is tainted because for 20 years, Dianne, I don't know where I am, Feinstein, suffering the Joe Biden disease, had a driver and a gopher in her Senate offices who was a spy for the Red Chinese for 20 years. He was privy to her most secret thoughts. And remember, uh, Dianne Feinstein was the chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee. And McCarthy kicking off uh, Swalwell. Well, remember, he was on the House Intelligence Committee and sleeping with the enemy. As many different Chinese women as was all possible. And I'm in agreement with McCarthy on that. Kick all three of them out of the Intelligence Committees for the House. I get it. But why the hell do you maintain that George Santos has to be on two committees? He needs to be expelled. He needs to be excommunicated. Now, as this agony continues, every day another lie. Every day another George Santos story. Every day another drag queen that he gets into a Twitter war with. Speaking of Twitter war, it was good to see that uh, former Congressman Lee Zeldin, who uh, gave a very spirited race against Kathy Crimewave Holcomb, was listening to Gillibrand's interview that she was giving as she announces she's going to seek re-election two years before the fact to the U.S. Senate as a junior senator. And she was maligning Zeldin, and Zeldin came out of nowhere and tweeted, hey, let's get it on. It could be a preview of the U.S. Senate race, and that's if Gillibrand, who used to be Annie Oakley, remember? She was Annie Oakley. She had guns under her bed, shotguns. She had AK-47. She had handguns. She was the NRA's darling at the very same time that the NRA embraced, that's right, Kathy Crimewave Holcomb, who actually was given the NRA designation as its lead candidate against the Republican when she ran for Congress out in western New York. Boy, how they have flipped the script. But Gillibrand has said she would welcome a challenge by Lee Zeldin. Her problem is she's got to get through a Democrat potential candidate 
who will challenge her for the Democratic uh, nomination. And that could be AOC, all-out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the Democratic Socialists of America, the Justice Warriors. So it was good to see former Congressman Lee Zeldin sort of get his texting operation in order. I'm encouraging to run for the U.S. Senate seat because he could beat Gillibrand. There's no doubt about it. Meantime, as I had pointed out to you, uh, our own uh, Sid Rosenberg is in the front seat of the state of the city address being given by his bro. That's right. He calls him bro now. Eric Adams in Flushing Meadow Park in the theater there, packed with all the sickle fans, toadies and lackeys of Eric Adams. And they're in the front row. I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, God. I want to soil my, I got to soil myself. I need a shower after this. There he is. You can see him in his Joseph Abu jacket. It's sort of like a, not quite pinkish. It's a little sort of like rusty look. His shiny bald head. And there he is. He's standing up and he's giving standing ovations to Eric Adams during his State of the City address in which, what is Eric Adams talking about? We need more composting in the five boroughs of the city of New York in order to eliminate the rat population. That's right. He's launching the war on rats, in which he said he was going to get a rat czar by now. He, he dissed and dismissed me. I offered to serve as rat czar at night, 10 at night to 4 in the morning when the rats, the mice, and the rodents play, and they rule the night. You know, with my feral cats, that's the best Mother Nature's natural deterrent. He basically told me to F off. Get off his property, get away from his house on Lafayette Avenue in Brooklyn, which is the source of the rat infestation in that area of Bed-Stuy. So there it is. Hey, hey, Sid, come on. Sit down, Sid. Stop being a jack-in-the-box. Stop being Eric Adams' number one sickle fan, Tony and Lackey, at his State of the City address in Flushing Meadow Park today. What a double disgraziata. What a double shanda. This is the Riffin Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. I like to be in America. Okay, by me in America. Everything free in America. For a small fee in America. Andale, andale. Oh, man. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, has decided to do a pivot and shift. You know what he says, a pivot and shift, which is nothing more than the old-fashioned term flip-flop. At the very beginning, uh, back in August, when Eric Adams was being invited to come down to the border to see for himself to Michigan by Governor Abbott, he rejected Abbott and actually said in retaliation he would go down and campaign against the individual uh, against Abbott as he was seeking re-election. Yeah, how did that work out? He never did. And he never took up uh, Governor Abbott on his invitation to go down, first-class accommodations and flight to go down to the border and see for himself all the craziness going on in August. And he defended Joe Biden every step of the way, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plans, claiming he's the Biden of Brooklyn. Now, all of a sudden... Many, many months later, as he does his pivot and shift, because it's always about show me the money, show me the money. That's what it's all about. Here we have Eric Adams claiming that there are no guarantees any longer for the illegal aliens. 
He says asylum seekers don't fall into the conversation on the city's right to shelter laws. Now, I know he's hoping that all of you will forget what he had said five months ago. In fact, he was the number one proponent of the illegal aliens coming into the city of New York. And I know he's going to depend on his uh, minister of propaganda, Sid Rosenberg, to spin it uh, Eric Adams' way. But he can't run away from what he was saying ad nauseum every day, every week, every month, when the buses were pouring into the Port Authority, hundreds and hundreds of illegal aliens from Venezuela, Nicaragua, Cuba, and Haiti. Let's have immediate translation services to assist that people can have access to the services that are already available. We have to expand uh, NYC care to make sure everyone has health care. We need to make sure we have proper translation services in our schools so that we can start building out the future as well. We are going to fulfill our moral and legal obligation to house everyone that enters uh, New York City. Um, that is what we have done, and that is what we will continue to do. You heard him there very succinctly say we will continue to fulfill our legal obligation to house anybody who's coming into New York City. We are a sanctuary city. We are a sanctuary state. New Jersey, likewise. The cities of New Jersey, likewise. Connecticut, likewise. Some of the cities uh, in eastern Pennsylvania within the tri-state area listening to this. If you're a sanctuary city, it means you're giving sanctuary to illegal aliens. You're not cooperating with the federal government, especially ICE, to keep them out. But put that aside. I want you to play that again very clearly and succinctly, Lou, because he was saying at the very beginning, when all the illegals were pouring into New York City, that he would fulfill his legal obligation to provide them a place to stay, giving them sanctuary. Let's have immediate translation services to assist that people can have access to the services that are already available. We have to expand uh, NYC care to make sure everyone has health care. We need to make sure we have proper translation services in our schools so that we can start building out the future as well. We are going to fulfill our moral and legal obligation to house everyone that enters Uh, New York City. Um, That is what we have done, and that is what we will continue to do. Our moral and legal obligation to house everyone coming into New York City. And so now, all of a sudden, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, decides he's going to do a pivot and shift and say that these illegal aliens are not entitled to housing because they're seeking asylum. Man, make up your mind, Eric Adams. You're on a pivot and shift. You're giving us all vertical. And by the way, you're demanding money from the federal government. But why don't you take on Cardinal Dolan, who's taking the money through Catholic charities, millions and millions of dollars to bring these illegal aliens specifically into New York City? Are you going to take care of Cardinal Dolan, who welcomes them with open arms, because he has our tax dollars coming from New York City that gets filtered into Catholic charities, which has become a racket, a business for bringing in illegal aliens. These just aren't cases. These just aren't. Uh, these just aren't problems. <clears throat> these just aren't statistics. These are not just refugees and asylum seekers in the plural. These are people with names. 
and with dads and moms. They've had a terrible journey, but yet they're filled. They're, I don't see any animosity or any. They're filled with gratitude. They said people have helped us on the way. The church has been there. Yeah, the church has been there with our money. I noticed uh, the rectory, uh, all the extra space in the rectory at St. Patrick's Cathedral that Cardinal Dolan lives at, uh, due to the generosity of the uh, those who uh, participate in the Catholic Archdiocese by their contributions. I noticed he hasn't offered any of his space in the rectory. And I wonder how he would respond to Miranda Devine's great full-page uh, op-ed piece about the migrant mess that is ruining Midtown. As Eric Adams reaches out to friends of Eric Adams who have contributed to his uh, mayoral campaign previously, his future re-election campaign, and his side uh, campaign uh, fund that is uh, being held by Frank Caron, who had a lead as chief of staff at City Hall because he's got four pending investigations hanging over his head. But it said he'll be the treasurer for the Eric Adams for presidency campaign. Oh, yeah, they're already collecting money on the side, hush, hush, much, much. And from a lot of realtors and from a lot of the guys who own these hotels, these no-tell, motel, Holiday Inn Expresses, he now is a leasing space in 77 of them at $500 a night for the illegal aliens to be housed. And Miranda Devine calls him out. And then what about... The guy who controls the purse strings in Washington, it isn't even uh, Joe Biden, mindless as he is. It's the schmuck, it's the putz, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer. Oh, he could authorize funding out of the United States Senate that would cover uh, Eric Adams' demand of $2 billion in a nanosecond, but chooses not to, and in fact is encouraging even more illegal aliens to flood into our country. Now more than ever, we're short of workers uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers, and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. Or well, however many undocumented there are here. There's more than that. It's more than 11 million, as was stated. And as you can see, uh, uh, the schmuck to putz, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer wants them to keep flowing in. So, of course, he's not coming up with the money for Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. And this all coming on the heels of Connecticut legislators who are going to try to push through legislation in Hartford to give illegal aliens the right to vote. In local elections, not, not obviously in the federal elections, they can't. Although who knows what the future will be. But in local elections, so you can imagine how Republicans running for local office, statewide office in Connecticut, would never have a shot at all of ever being elected again or challenging the Democratic supremacy, which would be guaranteed by illegal aliens being able to vote because they would be so grateful to Joe Biden and giggles, hee hee hee, Harris and all the other Dems for opening up the gates and allowing them to come in illegally and eventually, believe it or not, being able to vote even though they remained illegal. Ah, Connecticut will lead. You saw New York City try to follow to a degree when the city council here, friends of all illegal aliens, passed legislation that would allow people with green cards and working visas to vote. Luckily, a coalition of Republicans stood in their way, 
challenged it in the courts, and it has been defeated. But they'll try to resurrect that again. And then the number one problem that Eric Adams and nobody else wants to talk about is that the federal agency that is empowered to bring back illegal aliens who are wanted for crimes committed into their countries of origin, whether it happened to be in Mexico, whether it happened to be in El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, whether it happened to be in uh, Bolivia, Ecuador, Colombia, the Dominican Republic, uh, Haiti, wherever it might be, is ICE. ICE every day, again, I'm going to keep saying it over and over because I'm the only one who says it. The only one who says it anywhere in America. They never cite the valor and the heroism of our ICE police officers because that's what they were. Uh, That's what they are. Every day they have to put on a bulletproof vest, they carry weapons, and they get retainers to arrest some of the worst bad hombres in existence. Members of narco-terrorism units, sex traffickers, drug dealers, drug conveyors, those who are out there organizing on behalf of MS-13 from El Salvador and 18th Street from Mexico. And every day they got to go out and risk their lives and bring them into a court to potentially have them deported back to their country of origin or fill fill up uh, the uh, time that they've been allotted by the court system here in America first before deporting them. As you saw recently, in the case of the four who took a car illegally out to Nassau County as illegal aliens staying in a hotel, we're subsidizing here in Midtown Manhattan, they shoplifted uh, $12,000 worth of merchandise. They were all cut loose out in Nassau County. Why? Because they're asylum seekers. Haven't heard Bruce Blakeman screaming about that. No, because it's an asylum county, and he won't address that. In the meantime, they're back here living in the hotel in midtown Manhattan, in which they're able to go out and do it again and again and again and again, and ICE can't touch them. And that includes those four who are battling each other outside of the Stewart Hotel that we're we're housing them at $500 a night, stabbing each other. They got arrested, they got released, and they weren't turned over to ICE. Why? Because of people like Andrew Evilized Cuomo, who has led the way when he was governor, and the Democrats have followed calling ICE thugs. New York State is the state that says we will not cooperate with ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. He politicized ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. We said we will sue them if they violate any criminal laws in the state of New York. Oh, by the way, you're not going to hear Eric Adams at his State of the City address in uh, Flushing Meadow Park in the theater with Sid Rosenberg in the front row, uh, standing up like a seal applauding him, ever, ever saying he will cooperate with ICE because he, too, has labeled them as thugs. Up next, Sid versus Chris Cuomo and throw my beret into the ring. Yours truly, Curtis Lee, were joining, believe it or not, Sid Rosenberg in his battle against the Cuomos. Spectacular! Now, here's the Sid wrap-up. Oi! Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. Now, I see, Lou, you're playing this in honor of uh, Lunar New Year here, a.k.a. Chinese New Year here at WABC. Well, uh, believe it or not, I'm actually joining in solidarity with Sid, normally who I trash and bash, every Monday at 7.05 on his morning show, 6 to 10, and then tomorrow at 7.05 also. But uh, although Sid's not a martial artist, 
the guy who would love to be his opponent in the ring, Chris Cuomo, is neither Fredo uh, nor Andrew Evilized Cuomo, who I'd love to challenge in the ring. And it's all based on the fact that um, Sid Rosenberg has been in a texting war started by Chris Cuomo Fredo. Because uh, Fredo is, like, all bent out of shape. He wants to get whatever attention he can. So from the number one uh, morning show in New York City, he, he he is, like, hungry for attention. Well, let me give you an example. Uh, remember when he had that uh, bust up out in Shelter Island when he cl- claims nobody calls me Fredo? He's afraid of tough guys. This is what I'm going to be telling Sid tomorrow because 10 years before that, I was calling uh, Chris Cuomo Fredo to his face. Boy, see, I've dubbed it La Cuomo Nostra. Uh, that there is a there is a group of people, of politicos, who always hint that they might run but don't necessarily plunge all the way. And they are members of La Cuomo Nostra. <laughs> so who am I then, Fredo? Yes, exactly. So you better be careful that they that your brother Andrew doesn't kiss you on both cheeks and then all of a sudden they take you out into the middle of the lake and then, where's Chris? He kisses me plenty but because he's a great big brother. I think that in fairness uh, to Andrew and really anybody who comes from a family of service, I think you've got to judge everybody individually. Judge everybody individually, but he's so hungry to take on Sid now. In fact, remember, what was it, a little more than a year ago, he was on Shelter Island, and all of a sudden, Chris Cuomo was a tough guy with all these uh, hipsters and millennials. I thought that's who you were. Huh? No, punk-ass bitches from the right call me Fredo. My name is Chris Cuomo. I'm an anchor on CNN. Oh, you're much- Fredo is from the Godfather. He was a weak brother. Isn't that your And they brother, use though? it as an Italian aspersion. Any of you Italian? Oh, Are you I Italian? Got, I got a it's bit. a insult to your people. It's an insult to your people. It's like the N-word for us. Wow. Like, is that a cool thing? Meantime, I called him. I called him Fredo, and he was laughing. See, he's not a tough guy. He's a wuss. But he's challenging Sid Rosenberg now to a bare-knuckle fight. And I'm saying, well, how can we make the best out of a bad situation? Because Chris Cuomo does not deserve the attention. He's a schmendrick. He's a person of no consequence now on a network that nobody watches. I hearken you back, Lou, to October of 2003, Fear at the Pier, in which our former colleague uh, Bernard McGurk got into the ring against Sid Rosenberg for then the morning show at the fan. I miss in the morning, and uh, Bernard McGurk got the best of uh, Sid Rosenberg. Although I noticed Bernard McGurk was in there, no robe on, and Sid back then in 2003 had the robe on. Now he doesn't even wear clothes. In fact, he left his BBDs, his Fruit of the Loom, in the studio here. Oh, ooh, that smell. Leonard Skinner. Ooh, that smell. But well, anyway, I digress. So this is going to be my suggestion uh, for the charity of raising uh, money for prostate cancer awareness on behalf of Bernard McGurk, who unfortunately, because he did not get a simple blood test, perished from prostate cancer, where if it is caught early enough, 99% of the time, there's a cure. And there's so many now. I almost waited too long like Bernard. Boy, it almost cost me my life. Rudy, likewise. This would be the perfect thing. We set up a uh, a boxing match. And so we have his light heavyweights uh, in the ring. We have uh, Chris Fredo Cuomo. He's, what, 52 years old. He's about 195 pounds. 
You got Sid. He's uh, lean and mean and trim. Uh, he's about 56, 190 pounds. So let's call them uh, light heavyweights. And then uh, I would follow with Andrew Evilized Cuomo because I'm uh, going to be 69 in March. Uh, I'm about 210 now. Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo the second, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo the first, is about 220. And I would suggest uh, then we come in with the heavyweight battle. The problem is with uh, uh, Andrew Evilized Cuomo, if he's going to fight in the ring against me or anybody, he's got to take those nipple rings out. Remember, the Cuomo sexuals loved him with those nipple rings. Yeah, they would have to come out. Secondarily, uh, if, in fact, we could get this match going, uh, so it's uh, uh, it's uh, me versus Andrew and then, obviously, uh, Sid Rosenberg versus uh, Fredo. We could raise the money for prostate cancer awareness. All the altacacas that Sid escaped on the Upper West Side would be cheering the Cuomos. The Cuomosexuals would be cheering the Cuomos. In fact, uh, in the battle that I would have with Andrew Evilized Cuomo, everybody at the Gemini Lounge would be cheering on the Cuomos because, remember, the Cuomos, Mario, Chris, and Andrew said there's no such thing as Italian organized crime. It's an aberration. So let's get it on. Where my boxing bells? Let's get it on. I like it. I like it. Just listen to me tomorrow morning with Sid as I roll it out to Sid Rosenberg at 7.05 Friday morning.